and welcome all agents, trainers, Pikmin bloomers, lightship pilots, eighth wall advertisers, and our beloved explorers and wayfinders to episode number 71 of the Wayspotters podcast. Wayspotters is brought to you by the good people at the Pokemon Professor Network, and today is Friday, May 19th, 2023 in the USA, and I say that for a reason I'll explain in just a minute. I'm one of your hosts, Blaine <laughs> Jamal, and with me, as always, is Chris. Chris, how are you? Hey, I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? Good, good. So if you're watching along on YouTube, you see that we have a special guest here that we will get to in a minute. It is Woodwolf's Wolf, a sylph scientist and OSM amazing person. We'll get to him in just a second. But if you're watching on YouTube, you can see him there, so there's no surprise. And if you're listening to the audio version, you've already seen the title, so you knew Woodwolf's was going to be here. And the reason I say Friday, May 19th in the States... Woodwose is coming to us from Australia, and it's already Saturday there, so he's coming to us in the future. So if you guys remember when Lachlan was on the show, we do a lot of Friday nights in the States and Saturday morning in Australia, so we'll get to that in, in a second. Before we jump into today's show, I wanted to go over one thing, and you guys know I've been on a rant about a few things before. Um there was an article that came out from a publication that I can't remember the name of right now. I think it was .com something. Uh, and they had an interview with Michael Steranka, Michael Steranka, and he gave a quote about what was going on in the world when it comes to Niantic and when it comes to Harris Niantic. And a lot of people aren't happy about what was said. And there are some people who are like, yeah, I understand it's the way the game is going. Um, but I just kind of want to go on one final rant about this, and then I'm going to leave it alone. But what I have to say, I believe, is pretty important. So here we go. This is a crucial time for anyone listening or watching to the show, watching the show. It means you care. It means you care a lot. It means you take time out of your busy day to hear what Chris and I have to say. And we're not always going to agree. In fact, we may disagree more than anything. But one thing is clear. We all care about Wayfarer number one, and then Pokemon Go, Ingress, Pikmin, etc., whatever game you play, you care about it. When big companies like Niantic make changes and decisions, we're not always going to like them. In fact, we may hate them. But what we can't do is allow those changes and decisions to split the community. Whether you like the fact that Niantic has said they're not going to officially address hashtag Harris Niantic statements or not. We cannot allow ourselves to be hateful continue name-calling, and be evil to one another on social media. That's so counterproductive to everything this game and games are about. I just ask if you can see my face or hear my voice, that we turn down the level of vitriol a notch and try to be civil to each other. At the end of the day, these are games. The world is a lot bigger than any company's IP. Remember that, please. Thank you for listening. All right, now that the heavy stuff is out of the way, Chris, do you have anything to say about that? Uh, no, I completely agree. Um, I've been very active on Twitter today talking to some people, and I've tried to keep it civil, but some people just don't want to. So right. it is what it is. Right? Now, this They're going to make decisions, and we don't, we don't necessarily have to agree with them because that's, that's the decisions they make, right? Yes. Now, that's a very awkward transition to bring our guest in, but I want to give our guest, Woodwolf's Wolf, a chance to kind of, um, you know, if there's anything you want to say about that. First of all, before I bring Woodwolves in, I want to say I have known, and I use known and kind of air quotes on the internet, Woodwolves for about two years, right? And he lives in Australia. He's just north of Sydney. You guys will hear his accent here in a second, but you're going to hear from a person who is very passionate about making sure we have a clean game board. You're going to hear from someone who volunteered to dive in with the Sylph Science team with all of the investigations that they have done. Um, and thank you for that. And someone who is an expert when it comes to OSM, when it comes to Pokemon Go and making sure that your parks are green and your, you know, all the things that go in with OSM. I don't even want to try to talk about it because I'm nowhere near an expert. That's why we have Woodwows. So without further ado, Woodwows, I'm going to bring you in now because I want to give you a chance to talk about you know what michael steranka said if you have any opinions on it and then we're going to kick it over to chris for the news and then we're going to get into the good stuff we want to talk to you about osm and self-science and not all the drama but since you're here i wanted to give you a chance if you had any words um as chris and i kind of close out this chapter of talking about it 
Well, first of all, hello, g'day. It's so good to be here, Chris and Jamal. Um, as you've said, my name's Wood, Woodwose, Woodwose Wolf, or Daniel, depending on where you know me from. Um, and in terms of what you've discussed already, I completely agree with you both. The vitriol and the nastiness really needs to be toned down a notch. And I think some people really need to assess where they're at with the game and the games in general. Um, it's okay to move on. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to step away and, you know, do something else, touch grass for a bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. No, a hundred percent nailed it. Yeah. Well said. All right. Let's go ahead and go to the news. I think Chris has got like three or four or five news items for us. Chris, take it away. And now the latest Niantic news from the Wayspotters podcast presented by the Pokemon Professor Network. I do. I'm going to run through this real quick because we got a jam-packed show. Uh, number one, the Wayfarer button is live. Uh, don't get too excited. It doesn't do anything yet, but it is there. <laughs> if you go into your settings, it's all the way at the bottom. So if you don't want to participate, and I don't know why you would, um, you can go ahead and turn it off. If you want to take a break from reviewing Spanish nominations while the uh, the challenge is going on, you can go ahead and turn it off. Um, and yeah. So that's that. Uh, Tintino posted on the forums about upgrades being stuck. So if you have an upgrade that you've, a nomination that you've upgraded and you feel like it's stuck, it probably is. Um, they, Tintino said the only update went from us monitoring the issue to our team fully investigating the issue. Uh, there were some false alarms, but many were showing irregular behavior. We hope to have it fixed soon. So I know Jamal's got an upgrade stuck and he's been pinging me about it and <laughs> complaining and, and you know it's you know how jamal is with his upgrades right so it's, it's hopefully it is fixed soon <laughs> yeah oh that's the end exactly yeah it's gonna make a gym um i also wanted to take a second to uh thank the silf road for all of the work that they've done um for everything that they've done for the community all of the the pvp stuff i don't pvp but i know a lot of people who do um, all of the, the work that that group has put into everything. Uh, thank you very much. The community and myself and Jamal really appreciate it. We are sad to see this chapter of the Soul Road end. Um, but I know that there are hard at work sunsetting everything. And there's some stuff going on behind the scenes to kind of maintain a lot of what they were doing just in a different way. So we look forward to the next chapter. Uh, lastly, two more things. Last minute prep for Spain. So remember, the challenge starts on May 24th at 12 p.m. UTC. That is 8 a.m. EST. I That's do me not know what time that is in Australia. <laughs> Joel well, is super hyped for this. I'm super hyped. Uh, so, Wood, what time is it in Australia right now? It is currently 10, 18 a.m. Okay. So, so Chris, that's 14 hours difference. Yes. Yes. I don't know what that's Math. in relation to UTC, but that's 14 hours different. It'll start. I, I will do the math and put it up for the YouTube people. But if you're listening on Spotify, then um, you can do the math yourself. Yes. A uh, couple tips. Brush up on your Spanish. Dust off the old Universal Translator, a.k.a. Google. Uh, check out the, the post on the Wayfarer forums that I did. And re-listen, re-watch episode 68, where we talked about Spain. And yeah, that's it for that. And one last thing, uh, Niantic Aaron posted that they are aware of a sync issue that is leading to creation of clusters at some locations. They are working on a fix to ensure that all waste spots follow the density and inclusion rules in all of the games. So stay tuned Ooh. for that. So if you've noticed kind of weird clusters show up, don't get used to it. That may be a tease to, to topic number two there. It Maybe. did, and it was actually funny enough. It was a reply to a comment on that thread. So <laughs> nice. All right, that is well, it for the news. Yeah, thank you for the news, Chris. And um, as been has as has been said on Twitter, people are have mad respect for Chris as the Wastebotters newsman, giving you yes. hella shout outs and hella gassing <laughs> you up on that. So um, we'll probably have something special next week about that. Um, and I think you put out a YouTube short maybe, but Chris is the official YouTube newsman, kind of like the Walter Cronkite of Wayfair or something <laughs> like that, right? Who, who's the, who's the, is there a great Canadian newsman? Oh yeah, there's a couple and I'm going to embarrass myself by not knowing their names. 
All right. Well, we'll off the have top we'll, of we'll, my head. We'll have it next week and we'll tweet it out. But Chris is the great Canadian Wayfair newsman. But without further ado, that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here because we have a special guest, Wood Woes Wood, Daniel, however you want to call him. Um, we did his introduction and, you know, I referenced that he's part of the Sylph Science Group and he's part of OSM. And I want to start there, Wood. Let's talk about OSM. Like, remind me, what is OSM and how does that affect Wayfair? Sure. So OSM is basically the Wikipedia of maps. So anyone can sign up and start editing. So you can add your streets, you can add your house if you want to, you can add local parks in your area, you can add natural features, all that kind of stuff can be added to OpenStreetMap. What that means is that there's a very comprehensive user-created map of almost the entire world that can be used by anyone because it's open source. And Niantic is one of those anyone's who actually uses it. The foundation of the game map of almost all of Niantic's titles is based on OpenStreetMap. And then everything we do in Wayfarer is laid over the top of that. So the streets you see, the parks, the blue water, if you see blue water in Pokemon Go, that's all part of OpenStreetMap that's been imported into Niantic games. At the same time, things like EX Gyms are created by park data from OpenStreetMap. It's pretty old at the moment, but it's still there. So it, it to form a complete package of what Niantic titles are as far as the game map goes, it's a combination of Wayfarer and OpenStreetMap. Wow, that's fascinating. So the map that we play on, right? So I'm looking at my phone here and I've got Pokemon Go open. So when I twirl around and I see all the streets, so all that was created by a user? Is that what you're telling me? That wasn't correct, some yeah. big company that was all user data? It's all user data. Some of it's imports, but a lot of it is just craft mapping, people coming in and doing really detailed, amazing work over the course of many, many years. And it, it applies to Ingress. It applies to all of Niantic's titles. Even Peridot has a game map that is OpenStreetMap. Nice. So for the YouTube listeners, YouTube viewers, they'll see this. If you can see my camera right now and you can see that sidewalk that runs kind of parallel to the street, I did that. I added that sidewalk into OpenStreetMaps in 2017, maybe 2018, and it just showed up at the last sink. So I was pretty proud that I can actually see something and the houses on my street in my little cul-de-sac, I added all the houses in there. Someone had gone in and filled out everything else in my neighborhood, but I can see two things that I physically added to the map. Um, when do, Can you tell the listeners and the viewers, when was the last sync from OpenStreetMaps to Pokemon Go? Yeah, to Pokemon Go specifically, there's actually three different versions of data that we can identify at the moment. So visuals, which are what you're talking about, so the sidewalks, the houses, the roads, they're actually from March 1, 2021. Um, then there's also the spawns, nests, and blocked areas in Pokemon Go. So if you go to a park, you'll see about 25% of all the spawns that appear are a particular species that comes from a different data set which is from september 26 2022 so that's the newest one in the game and then the oldest one that we know of is from february 25 2019 and that actually makes jim's turn ex so if you want to have an elite raid you have to place a gym using wayfarer into a park or a similar sort of area that existed on OpenStreetMap back in 2019 so, so yeah, Wayf the the OpenStreetMaps. I've I've loved it for a very long time. I actually spent a lot of time in Belleville when I was living there, editing all of their parks and stuff. So they got a bunch of EX gyms thanks to all Great the changes job. that I made way back when. Um, so let's transfer away from OSM for for a bit. How long have you been with Sylph? Um, I joined Sylph around I think it was two thousand and seventeen. Um, I came through the SILF research group originally as a researcher and worked my way up. Um, there was a moment in time when I was having a lot of 3am calls with Dromps about the future of the research group at the time. And over time, I was promoted to a SILF scientist, which essentially is a title um, that implies it's, it's a moderator role within the SILF research group, in addition to actually helping with publications, doing data analysis, 
my wheelhouse was definitely more the OpenStreetMap side of things, as well as doing graphics. A lot of the articles you've seen over the years published by the Silver Research Group that had graphs and titles and all those sorts of things, I created those. Um, I also helped a lot just sort of updating the Silver Research Group from the original um, craze of Pokemon Go, where a lot of the original leadership in the group sort of moved on. And one of my big focuses in the group was bringing in new people, some really, really, really talented people that are a lot smarter than I am mm. to sort of carry things on. Um, and over time, those people have become more and more prominent in the group and I've become more and more happy with what they've done. And I've, I've sort of stepped away a little bit. I've not, I've not left the group. Um, I'm still a self-scientist. I've taken on what's called an emeritus role now in so much that I'm not actively publishing or anything anymore. Uh, it's more that I'm I'm there as an advisory role. I'm there if they need me, but don't call me at three a.m. anymore, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I've I've done I've contributed to a couple of the research projects like way back when, but it's been a long time. I've actually been meaning to to kind of get back into it because they do a lot of good work, and some of those graphs yeah. have been fantastic. So well, thank you. If those were yours, then kudos to you because they were. Thank but you. sometimes I read those articles and it's just like like your college level professor of math people in there doing stuff. That's the thing, right? Yeah, like the... we, we've bought some really, really good people. We've got engineers, actual scientists, um, teachers, educators at college level, all sorts of things. It's, it's such a diverse and amazing group. Now I'm, I'm very, very proud of what it's become. Yeah. And it shows from all the research that you guys do. Uh, Wood, I wanted to ask you a question. So I remember in the early days of OSM, um, in my area, I don't know how famous or infamous, infamous it was, but I'm Team Instinct, and there was a person or persons who went in in a kind of a rural part of Charlotte and drew a Team Instinct logo in OSM, and it actually got imported into Pokemon Go. And it was hilarious. They, you know, they made it a park, and it was the the you know just the regular green and then the darker green and then the darker green but it was the instinct logo and it stayed in there until the next sync and it was just kind of a you know kind of a funny thing but you know i remember those kind of being what i'd like to refer to as kind of the wild wild west days of osm what happened that kind of put the clamps on that so that yeah. people weren't able to abuse osm when it came to pokemon go and ingress it's funny you mentioned that. I actually think I was the one who removed that instinct logo. <laughs> um, nice. So over time, tools have come online that help people on the OpenStreetMap side of things detect vandalism. Um, when Pokemon Go first launched, and you can't really blame the OpenStreetMap side of things for this, no one really knew what was going to happen. And I was probably one of the earlier adopters of OpenStreetMap from a Pokemon Go perspective. One of the first things I actually did, even before Pokemon Go launched, was I added a local cemetery and I was hoping that it would actually bring out more ghost-type Pokemon. It didn't. But um, that was actually my entry to OpenStreetMap way back in 2016. But yeah, so there's now tools that have been developed, things like OSMchar by Willie Marcel. Shout out to him, he's brilliant. Um, which as specifically designed in some ways to help find edits that Pokemon Go and other Niantic and AR title players sort of use and do to try and manipulate the system. Over time, Pokemon Go was sort of the first, right? So there's now things like crypto games. There's a golf game that people use to import golf courses and play them. There's all sorts of things that have come up now. So it's a lot more diverse and the vandalism is a lot, it's worse but it's also a lot more contained now. We have tools to actually find it and remove it before it makes it into anything. Okay. And one of the things I remember was, you know, kind of the big rumor that if you added certain things, you would get certain spawns, you know, and these were the early days. And that was yeah. when I put in the sidewalks and all in my neighborhood and all of my area, it was just kind of like, Oh, if there's a sidewalk there, you will potentially get more spawns. And if yeah. you have more density of houses, you know, and, and make sure that there's a clear boundary. This was one I specifically remember that I still don't know if it's true that if you had a specific boundary between a residential area and a school, because you can't get any spawns on the school if there's a boundary then those spawns will get pushed to a residential area all things that were just kind of urban legend and we didn't know it was true but i was making sure that there was a boundary around the school by my house that the school was very you know this is a school and this is not a school so there was just all these kind of urban legends and things out there so 
I don't know if you have anything to say. I don't know if that's really a question, but I don't know if you have anything to say about that. I think it's a great question, actually. Um, So obviously you have things like parks. They create nests when they're imported into Pokemon Go. Things like schools do prevent spawns from appearing. Um, Sidewalks and footpaths are a little bit more complicated now. There was definitely a point in time where if you added a trail in a forest or you added a sidewalk on a street that didn't have any spawns, there would be a difference. Like when the, that data came into Pokemon Go, you would see spawns appear. Since then, there's been reshuffles of spawns. Things have been moved around and it, it's not as obvious anymore. I think I've seen if you go out into the woods way, way out and you follow a track and then you find a path coming off that, you can definitely see spawns on that now, but it's not a revolution. It's not something that's just absolutely amazing. It might be one or two spawn points in an area that would have had none, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, I got one more question for you uh, before I turn it over to Chris. How, in your professional opinion, how does <laughs> yeah, how does how does OSM affect the waste spotters? The waste spotters. I think these days one of the most important things from a waste spotter slash Pokemon Go point of view, which I think outside of Pikmin, OSM has the biggest impact on Pokemon Go of all Niantic titles, is you really want to be aware that if you don't have EX gyms in your area or you want to create an EX gym, you have to look on OpenStreetMap first and understand what's going on there. You have to find parks or other features that were added in early 2019 and add your gyms there. If you don't do that, you're not going to get EX gyms. And that means if you don't have elite raids in your area, you're not going to get them. And that affects our rural trainers. So Chris and I have been pretty, pretty diligent about trying to evangelize ways in which to help the rural trainer um, with the changes that Niantic makes. And that was one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you to see if you could give us any pointers for any of our listeners. If they live in a rural area, what would you suggest they do as far as creating account in OSM and going in and looking their area? Like, what would you suggest that the rural trainer who's looking to add POIs, but wants them to become EX gyms and things of that nature. How it, what would you, what would you give, what would be the starter kit? Yeah. So first of all, I would actually look, log on before you do anything and just survey the area, see what's there already, because that's going to be really important. Especially if you're looking at creating EX gyms in these 2019 parks, find what's there. You might not have something exactly what you want, but you might find a sports field or a playground, and that might be your key to actually getting one of those EX gyms and getting elite raids. Beyond that, make sure everything's mapped in detail and accurately. So if you've got a sidewalk in front of your house or a a nature trail nearby, map that all out because that can actually have a positive impact. It won't be immediate, but it will eventually play into the games and do something for you. It's about sowing seeds so you can reap something better in the future. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is just make sure you add accurate things that are real and they exist. It's amazing. Like even in rural areas, you see people adding parks over their house. So they'll draw just a park over their house and they think that's going to change everything. When they have a perfectly good park down the street from their house that they haven't done anything with at all. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm going to come in and remove your park. You're going to feel bad. You're not going to do anything. And then no one's going to win. Right. So, you know, just keep your, your additions honest and also just do a bit of research because it's not just parks that can factor in. Adding things like grass, adding scrubland, adding even farmland can actually have a very positive impact on spawns in your local area. Yeah, okay. so it, actually, it's, there's a lot you can do. I think just accuracy is the most important thing. Gotcha. This is my last question, I promise, right now. Yeah. Let's say I don't know anything about OSM, but I'm curious. What should I do? Um, First of all, check the OSM wiki and read through that. It's a really great resource. I think Wayfarer in general could actually learn a lot from that. There's a lot that OSM has gone through over the years in terms of getting information out to mappers, keeping everything in a single resource that I think if the Niantic Wayfarer team actually looked at it, they could learn a lot. Um, aside from that, feel free to reach out to me um, or other mappers in your local area and ask advice. We're always happy to help. It's, it's easier to help a mapper improve themselves than having to go through and fix all their work after. So just go to osm.com.org? Or org, yeah. yeah. So if you org? just Google OSM wiki, um, mm-hmm. it'll come up. There's also links through the OSM org website as well. It can be a little bit intimidating when you first open it and you first get into it. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the wiki is definitely a good place to go. Yeah. My advice would be to start small, you know, add a sports yeah. field, add your house. Um, remember that obviously you don't want to add personal details, but just, you know, add the building, add maybe your neighbor's house, go down your street, do something simple. You don't have to change the whole world on your first edit. <laughs> like I <Yeah>. did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? I need help. I need help. So how often does, um, OSM, how often does Niantic sync with OSM? That's probably a better way to ask it. It depends on the game and what you're talking about. So visuals in general are updated a lot more than gameplay features. And games like Pikmin, I, I'm not sure if they've even seen an update since launch. Talking they about Pokemon. And I know yeah. it because Sarah Amanda sent us a voicemail and asked me to stop mentioning it because she was like, you're hurting my feelings. They haven't updated it since launch. And she was like visibly upset that there's been yeah. no update. So I, I know that one for sure. Update. Yeah. So it varies depending on the feature and what game you're talking about. And it, so for example, visuals are updated more frequently in Pokemon go than other parts. Um, we saw a really, really long gap when it came to blocked areas, nests, and spawns along paths before this most recent update. And it was getting a bit ridiculous. There were university campuses that hadn't had spawns for years by the time Niantic had updated it. With EX Gyms, it's actually the oldest data set that's ever been used in Pokemon Go, period, which is just, it's getting ridiculous at this point. So... I'm starting to sort of put a bit of, from my end, I'm starting to put a bit of pressure on Twitter and I hope other people can too, just to signify that they, you know, they need, they need these EX gyms to get elite raids, this new feature, and they can't get them. They've, they've added perfectly real parks and they can't get the, the gyms to do what they need to do. Yeah. I can imagine that's frustrating, especially for the rural trainer. Like yeah. I saw that yeah. thread that you posted on Twitter. It was fantastic. And it's, there's a lot of a lot of maps that are in OSM, and these people should have elite raids, and they should have, if ever, EX raids ever come back, they should have EX raids, but they don't, yeah. and it's no fault of their own. It's Niantic yeah. dragging their feet, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, if you live in a new suburb, for example, you know a park yeah. may have been built two years ago. There's heaps of people living there now. You know, kids are starting to be born and raised in these towns and yeah. discover what Pokemon Go is. And all the parks are on the map, but they don't do anything. It's, it's getting a bit ridiculous yeah. there. So when they when they update, do they update to what's current? Or they do they pick us no. like a point in time and say, all right, we're going to go here? So with visuals, Pokemon Go actually tends to inherit the visual map from other games. And it was really interesting. When Pokemon Go had its most recent visual update, all the rivers came through and they started rendering as paths. So you had all these massive rivers going through cities and stuff. And there was just this path <laughs> running down the middle of them. And I think what happened Oh, that's there hilarious. Is that, yeah, it is. I think what happened there is Ingress actually had its own style applied. And um, that style was inherited into Pokemon Go as well. So when that came across, you ended up seeing the Ingress style, which is rendering the river as a path, appear in Pokemon Go. Right. That's funny. Couldn't that be considered kind of a dangerous thing to have that show up like that? I think so. Um, just from a navigation yeah. extent, um, if there's no riverbank or anything there, people might be using Pokemon Go to navigate and they might end up with damp feet or worse. So, <laughs> There's a couple times in my life where I've looked at the game and be like, all right, I need to go there. And then I use the map in the game to kind of navigate. Yeah, totally. Because so. it's so much easier if you've got the game open yeah. to find your way around. Yep. Well, I know in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I live, there's constant construction going on and they are building so many new apartment buildings and subdivisions where if you look on the map, it's just a blank area. And I know I'm like, I'm looking at it. There's like a brand new apartment building here that wasn't here like yesterday. It just they added water and it sprung up. And inside of the, the courtyard, there's this really cool fountain that I want to add, but there's really nothing there. And I can't do a photosphere anymore to show it. So yeah. is there a push? And I, and, and I remember you posting this on Twitter about the university that didn't have anything in it and how it was an outrage and went six, eight, ten months without it. Is there any way 
for us, for you, for, for the Wayfinders, for the Explorers, to get Niantic to do an upgrade more times than often, because especially in my part of the United States, they are just building things left and right. And there are so many things that should be in the game. Do you have a way for people who are watching or listening to this to, is it just a Twitter campaign or, or is there a specific way we can get the word out? I think just keep mentioning it on Twitter. The more people who are saying something, the more Niantic's going to see it as a priority. I think the other thing is that reach out to your creators that you might be in groups with or you might know personally and let them know that what's important to you there. I know Ken from Lured Up has been amazing with just bringing up a lot of the things I've highlighted. And I'm, I'm not sure whether it would even appear on Niantic's radar if it wasn't for people like that. Right. Um, aside from and- that, if you have issues highlight the issues as well. I know that you might not want to dox yourself, but maybe get somebody who's a third party to bring that up with Niantic and just stick with them. Every time there's been an issue fixed with OpenStreetMap, it's been thanks to communities campaigning and actually- Respectfully, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) exactly. I think the the Saronic Golf is a really good example where Mm -hmm. they were just really passionate players and there were islands out just- um, to the west of Athens, big islands with multiple towns, and they were just completely spawn blocked. You couldn't play Pokemon Go there. And the people there just steadily, consistently campaigned and just said, we can't play Pokemon Go here. We can't play Pokemon Go here. And it was thanks to organizations like Eurogamer publishing articles and actually getting it into the mainstream press that actually resulted in those issues being fixed. Well, Wood, I don't know if you know this, but our friend Chris here is a writer and editor for PokemonGoHub.net. Isn't and, that funny? Uh, I, I have a feeling that sometime soon he may be writing an article about OSM, and and we'll we'll see. Um, it, I'm just kind of I just I just put that in the ether. I don't know if he's really going to do it, but I just put it out there. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I was just about to say that I'm going to take that Twitter that you, that you posted and write an article about it because I want to do my part to get this and push them. And I know that they read the Pokemon Go Ahead of articles and stuff. So I will definitely get it out there and help. I'm sure a lot of people would appreciate that. Yeah, I know. And what we need to do, what we need to do is, you know, Niantic has creators across all of the spectrum. They have podcast creator friends. They've got YouTube creator friends. They've got writer creator friends. But to my knowledge, Wood, I don't think they have anyone in the OSM space who is in kind of their, you know, quote unquote, inner circle that advises them. So maybe we start start banging the drum for you to be on Niantic's creator list to give them advice when it comes to OSM. Because to be honest with you, I think that's a big hole in their swing, not just from a Pokemon Go perspective, but Ingress, but all of their games. If they don't have someone who's giving them intelligent information about OSM, and that's the database they pull from, they're kind of flying blind, right? Yeah. Yep. And especially if it's not a priority for them, they might not necessarily have a document or the knowledge institutionally to understand what the issues are. So, you know, my, my DMs are always open, Niantic. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, 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 we'll push that, you know, to the extent that we can. And yep. when we talk to Ken, we'll bring that up to Ken. And, um, you know, we're hoping to have a conversation with Niantic in New York for GoFest, and mm. I've got a list. I don't know about Chris, but I've got a list that's really, really long <laughs> that we need to pare down, but I'll add OSM onto my list because I like to say that Wayfarer is the heartbeat of Niantic. Without Wayfarer, you don't have Wayspots, you don't have anything. But then if yeah. I think about it, if you don't have OSM, you really don't have anything. You've got they're, they're a like two map. different chambers of the same heart, man. That's what it is, two different yeah. chambers. Yeah. Exactly. And all of the new games that they bring on are going on to the Lightship database, and the Lightship database is based on OSM. So, Wood, we got your back there. So that's great. Um, I appreciate. I, I it. really, yeah, I really appreciate the work that you're doing and that you've you've done. And you know, I like to think that I'm just kind of this, you know, just general old person out there. And I remember back in the days when I really didn't realize what time it was in Australia, and I'd send you messages, and you were courteous enough to message back and then Lachlan would be like you realize it was like 5 a.m or 4 a.m and I'm like oh god I'm like I'm just 
So I, I appreciate You can talk to me that, about so. OpenStreetMap at any hour of the day, Jamal. I'm happy to hear from you. <laughs> so that's awesome. So everybody out there, um, go to Google, um, Google uh, OSM Wiki. Um, understand what it is, because if you love Wayfarer and you love Pokemon Go or Ingress, that is the baseline of what you're looking at. And, you know, we would love here at the Wayspotters podcast, Chris and I, and would also would love to see Niantic um, update more often than once every yeah. couple, three years. You know, um, I don't know what's prudent for them, what that upload looks like. I could imagine it's just, you know, terabytes and terabytes of data. Yeah. But I, I, I think it would do all of us a service if they uploaded more often than they do now mm -hmm. and kept everything on the same version i think that's the other thing to consider so yeah. a lot of people will look at they'll see green on the map and they'll think oh i can create an ex gym there or there's a nest there but when they're running completely different versions the visual communication of the map does not necessarily match what's happening behind the scenes in the game right yeah that's awesome no, what is there anything that we missed before we go on to topic number two no, I, I'm, I like I could talk about OpenStreetMap all day, like I said, but I think we need to go to topic number two. <laughs> all right. And at the end, um, viewers and listeners, we are going to allow Wood to, to shout out some of the places where you can join a Discord that if you are like, hey, I want to get passionate about this or I'm interested in, in, in hearing more about it, Wood will share a Discord where you can go and ask questions about OSM. I've done it in the past. I haven't done a lot of OSM recently, but when I was hot and heavy, I was in that Discord all the time. So <clears throat> before the show's over, we will allow Wood to give out that Discord. So I'm going to go on to topic number two. And Wood, I'm glad you're here because this um, you know, has a lot of effect of what we've been talking about, and it's Wayfarer abuse. So Wayfarer abuse has been in the news lately, and a handful of Wayspotters, Wayfarers, Explorers received a survey from Niantic. I think it was a five or six question survey. I can't remember. Um, I was I'm lucky enough to get it about, um, you know, ways in which you can help prevent Wayfarer abuse, help report it. Um, and then there's been some things in the news also, and I'm going to go ahead and add this in. People who have just been blatantly, and for the people on YouTube, you're seeing it now. For the audio listeners, I'll explain it. It is a uh, Pokemon Go screen, and uh, there are about 200 way spots all clumped together in what looks to be a courtyard, and there's a couple of gyms there. And if you know anything, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast, you know this is Wayfarer abuse, pure and simple. Um, now, Wood, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at the map. I don't see anything that looks like they've put something in OSM out of place. But we talked about OSM abuse um, when it comes to, like, you know, adding things that shouldn't be there. But Wayfair abuse is something that no one wants or needs. It's, it's, it clutters up the game board. It You want things to represent what is there in real life. And I think through OSM, that's something you're doing is making sure that real life things are are there. And if it's not there, removing it. And if it is there, if there's new construction, putting it in. So do me a favor, take a look at the screen, look at and, and, and do your best to describe to the audio listeners what they're seeing on the screen right now. Yes. Yeah, so As Chris pulls his hair out. Yeah. <laughs> you're looking at essentially what looks like a cathedral. You can see the building sort of surrounded by it looks like almost hundreds of poker stops and a single gym. Um, there's team rocket grunt standing all over the place. The poker stops are overlapping. So in some places I, I can count like three or four poker stops just intersecting each other. I, I like it goes to the point where you, you couldn't really play that well here without some kind of auto catcher or other device. It it's just to the point of the ridiculous really. Mm -hmm. And Chris, you know, something that uh, I put in our Discord the other day, I'm like, why do people continue to brag about this when they know it's going to get reported? And would you don't know this, Chris has been a busy little beaver. We talked about last week that he had only done a couple of reports, and he has been burning up the reports lately. Chris, you want to talk about that? I So I mentioned a couple, like last, last week, maybe two weeks ago, that I had only ever reported two people for abuse. And then... Literally the next day, I ran into four or five people just trying to move waste spots into their house. Like, 
gazebos that were the pin was like perfectly dead center in the gazebo and they were trying to move it a half a block away into their living room and i'm like there's no way like that's that's blatant abuse so and i reported and a couple of people got got and i got you know i got the messages back and i actually reported this and when they took care of it they they actually replied to my chat message saying hey we've uh, we took a look at this and it was abuse and we took action on 91 way spots and six wayfinders. So that's amazing. This is, hold on, let me pull up for our viewers. This is what it looks like now. Which still and, looks like an amazing place to play. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I know that this is how, what it looks like before, what it looks like now, because the person who was partially responsible for this posted a very long thread on the Wayfarer forums complaining that Niantic had fixed it. Right. And when you look at this, it still, to me, looks a little fishy. If if someone posted this, I'd be like, I, I was like, I know how cells work, and that looks a little fishy, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I trust that Niantic took a look at this and did a bang up job doing this. Yeah. So I, I like I don't I don't know where the cell borders are, but right. this is still an amazing place to play Pokemon. Whoever so, put this together legitimately did an excellent job and they did a fantastic um, job. I believe if correct me if I'm wrong, I believe this is in France. Is that right? Italy. Chris? It's in Milan. Yeah, okay, it's in Milan. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, still looks like an amazing place to play. So, Wood, I want to go back to you for one second. So, when I'm looking at the screen, I see like a kind of an upside down cross from the angle yep. that I'm looking at it and with a circle in the middle. So, for our YouTube people, can you describe how that gets there? Because that's OSM. That's all you see there is OSM. Can you explain yeah. what happened there and how that appears? European OpenStreetMap community, they're amazing. They always do such wonderful detailed mapping. So what you see here is essentially the building is the outside of the shape. And then you see inside of that building parts. So in OpenStreetMap, that would be building part equals whatever it is. So you see the crucifix shape, which forms the internal part of the cathedral. And then you see the spire sitting in the middle of the cross. So you see multiple building parts stacked on top of each other to create this three-dimensional appearance. Sometimes you see people actually posting, asking what dark blue bits are on the map that aren't necessarily water. And what they are is just stacks and stacks and stacks of building parts on top of each other. Um, each time one's stacked, it gets a little bit more opaque and a little bit more blue. So that's that was- So that's next to that effect. rocket stop, is that what you're talking about right there? Yeah. Like just yep. below so, the rocket stop? So just below the rocket stop, that's actually probably gardens or grass, I would say. Um, so that renders the same way as parks. But you can see sort of in the middle of the cross there, that sort of, it's almost like a, um, it's it's almost like a circle, but not quite. That's a building part on top of a building part on top of a building part. And it just gets darker with each level. Nice. So... If there was, if someone put something in this, in Milan here, and it mm -hmm. was not supposed to be there when it came to OSM, how do you know to go look to find it? Is there an alert in OSM? Is How do you know something is there? Because when that Team Instinct logo got removed from the area where I'm near, like how, if you were the one that removed it, how did you know? Like, like how does I just, I'm curious to that. If it's proprietary, don't tell us. But if it's not, can you tell everyone how you knew that was there to go remove it? Yeah, so there's a few ways I do it. Some of them I'm not going to reveal because, you know, trade secrets. But in right, general, understand. start with OSM char, the OSM change set, change set analyzer. You can flag things by new mappers. You can flag certain features added that don't make sense. And you can run a query. And again, I think this is something that the Wayfarer team could learn a lot from in that I can see, okay, this is a new mapper who's added weird shapes to this particular area that I'm checking, I'll go check that out. And then OSM char actually brings up a representation of what they've done. I can have a look at it and go, oh no, that's actually a new park that's in this suburb, that's fine. Or, oh, this person has added the Team Instinct logo to the map, I better go and get rid of that. At the same time, right. there's now teams by companies like Mapbox, because Mapbox uses OpenStreetMap as its basis, and they actually go through and flag things themselves as well. So there's actually people who are employed or volunteering to find these things as a job. 
Gotcha. So I remember when I first signed up for OSM, it flagged me as a new mapper and yep. it wouldn't let me do certain things. Is that still the case that if, unless until you build up enough cred, I don't remember the exact terminology, there's certain things that you can't do. Is that still true? It will flag things that you shouldn't be doing. It'll still let you publish them, but that's definitely something that will come through and I'll be able to see, or whoever's doing the the checks will be able to see, hey, this change set was flagged for you know intersecting paths, objects being on top of each other. And then that basically makes your change set appear as something that's a bit suspicious that needs to be looked at. That's so very interesting and I love it. And I think you, like you said a couple of times, Wayfarer could really learn from that, that, you yeah. know, and, and they might have it now. I don't know that if something is moved a hundred meters from something else, there should be an alarm or a flag that goes off. Maybe one of the ambassadors yeah. sees or Tintino or Niantic Tib or Niantic Aaron or someone that if someone's tried to do that, that it immediately gets looked at by a human. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, without, companies being in these big silos i think companies can learn from each other and osm seems to have a lot of things right and yeah, you know yeah. other you know whether you borrow it or steal it or whatever it is but if it's making the overall community better i think that's a really good idea for for people to kind of go back it's, and forth and kind of yeah. share information it's frustrating in a way because sometimes you see the wayfarer team walking the same roads metaphorically that OpenStreetMap walked back in 2016, 2017. I just right. wish that there was some kind of facility for them to learn those lessons so that they don't have to go through it themselves. Yep. Great. Yeah. Chris, sure. you got anything else? Uh, just for our YouTube viewers, I have pulled this up in the Wayfair app. I don't know if you can kind of see that. That is what it, it looks like on the way. So that's all those, those POIs. They're still yeah. in the database. And <laughs> I know that with the guy who made the post on the Wayfarer forums was like, hey, they they deleted all of my, uh, my hard work, but they didn't. It's still there. They just cleaned up the Pogo game board. They just cleaned it up for Pogo. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do this. Uh, we've been going for a while. Let's roll to break. Let's take a little break. Uh, we'll play some dad jokes. And when we come back on the other side, we've got um, Waste Spot of the Week and Coal of the Week. And then we'll get you guys back out on your Sunday afternoon. So we'll go ahead right here, play the music, and we'll take a little break. And we'll see you on the other side. Hi, this is Course Leo, and you're listening to the Waste Spotters Podcast. Hi, this is Anthony, the CEO of Foundry6, and you're listening to the Waste Spotters Podcast. Ugh, get some better jokes already. It's season two. What do you call a hot dog on wheels? Fast food. Where do young trees go to learn? Elementary school? What's the best way to watch a fly fishing tournament? Live stream. I went for a job at a moisturizer factory, but I had to apply twice daily. How can you tell if a tree is a dogwood tree? Huh, by its bark. Why do bees have sticky hair? Because they use honeycombs. Why are chickens so cute? Because... All right, everybody, welcome back to the Wastewaters Podcast, episode number 71. Uh, Chris is here with myself, Jamal, and our special guest today, self scientist and OSM expert, Wood Woes, a.k.a. Wood, a.k.a. Daniel, depending on where you know him from. <laughs> and we are about to have a little bit of fun here. So we're going to pull up our Waste Spot of the Week, and we're going to go over that. And um, here we go. Here is our waste spot of the week. So as you guys know, I am known for picking the hardest pronunciation in a foreign language that I know Chris does not speak and have him talk about it. So this waste spot of the week comes to us from friend of the show, Prince P-Dub, the Norway hacker from the waste spotter 
from the Wayfair Discussion Discord 5.6.7. I don't even know where they are now. But Chris, take it away. All right. So this is a, it looks like a notice board. And it has Jamal's favorite thing. It's snow. Uh, it's on two posts. The top two boards look like kind of rustic boards. And it's got some Norwegian on there that I'll try and read in a second. And below that, it's like a plywood board. And it's got a couple of things stuck up to it. So it's, it looks like a beautiful waste spot. And the title is Naibian Notice Board. Uh, it says Notice and Information Board for... Notice and Information Board for Visitors Community of Naibian. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and attempt to read the Norwegian that's on here. Can I just say that the Ga- Norwegian is written in Comic Sans? It is triggering me a little bit. Yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Just as an, <laughs> as an aside, there is a website at my work that's like kind of security based. And when it mm-hmm. crashes, it says notice at the top in Comic Sans. <laughs> and... I always remember like, a meme that I said, this is we're trying to run a fortune 500 company, not a lemonade stand. Stop using comic sans as a font. <laughs> I love anyway. it. Uh, it says Galieri Svalbard long year buy-in Kunster Center. I don't know what all that means. I will put a translation on the screen for our YouTube watchers. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a beautiful way spot. The snow in the background looks amazing. Yeah, it looks it like is. there's like kind of like a, a rocky hill in the background too. That yeah, looks almost like a, like a mountain off in the back. So it looks beautiful. And Gorgeous. Prince P Dove knows how to nominate way spots. Chris, can you slide over yes. and show the viewers the supporting photo? I mean, you can't get any better than that. Like, yeah, I, it, sh- it shows the road. It shows the actual POI. It shows there's pedestrian access. There's lots of snow, but who doesn't love snow, especially from a guy who gets like one inch of snow a year. I love it, but it just shows that like, I mean, would, would you agree? Like that's the, that's the quintessential supporting photo that you want. It's yeah. You couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah. That's gorgeous. So Prince P dove thumbs up. When you see this, let us know how um, Chris did with this translation. So, Yes, please. <laughs> without further ado, let's go ahead and play everybody's favorite sounder. I've been working on the way there all the live long day. I've been working on the way there just to pass the... Uh-oh. Oh no. Hey Jamal, I found some coal. Alright, Chris, you did a knockout job with that sounder, and that can only mean one thing. We are going to go to coal of the week. And our first coal of the week... Oh my god, it's a live animal! Live animal, live animal, live animal, live animal! Ah, It's a live animal! Okay, sorry. I'll leave that in, I won't cut that out. Okay, so we're going to go to this week's Coal of the Week, and it comes to us from Cindy Poo, who is also from the Wayfair Discussion Discord, and she is actually in North Carolina, where I am. She's a few hours north of me. And this Coal of the Week is, I'll give you the title, Wildlife Rehab and Education of North Carolina. And in the main picture, it is a picture of one, two, three, count them, four baby possums. And they are, I don't know what the heck they're doing. They are just kind of being possums and kind of hanging out. And um, um, they're, they're possums. And what's interesting about it is the main photo and the uh, supporting photo are the same. So it looks like these possums are drinking milk, right? Is, is that what you think they're drinking? They're drinking milk? Looks like it. Yeah. yeah. It looks like it, yeah. And, out of a tray. Um, yeah, out of a tray. Um, and and the, the description is cut off a little bit, but the, the title is Wildlife Rehab and Education of North Carolina. And the description is 50C3 that offers free wildlife rehab and education of people of all ages and, and then it's cut off. And then the supporting photo is this group 
offers a place for the community to bring orphan wildlife to be rehabilitated and released, as well as education for those who wish to learn about wildlife rehabilitation. Now, if this was the sign to the building or the facade of the building or something else, it probably wouldn't be coal of the week, number one. But the fact that it's four live animals and, you know, we can't see the pen, but this is coal. You know, I'm all for rehabilitating wildlife, but this is coal. Gentlemen, agree or disagree? It's very unfortunate that they've kind of missed the target with this by putting that photo there. Because if it is a place to get educated about this kind of thing, it actually would be a pretty good place to explore. I could see a lot of yeah. merit in it, but instead they've included four very cute baby possums instead. Right. So we'll stamp that as cool. And live so animals. Oh, I saw that and I almost wept. Live animals. When I saw it was live animals. I was like, oh my goodness. Any chance I get to put so a live close. animal up there, I'm going to do it. <laughs> All right. And coal of the week number two. So this one was right on time because we were actually going to use coal of the week number two anyways. And let me bring this up on the screen. Coal of the week number two. Oh, not that. Coal of the week number two was brought to us by friend of the show, Woodbows. So little did you know, Wood, we were going to use this one anyway, and you just happen to be here. So we're going to turn this over to you to explain to us. And for and for everybody listening and watching, please, please, please preface this by the 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 wording you put in the Discord before you posted this. Please to give them the context on that. Yeah. So I had actually logged on for the day first review. This came up. Um and it's called Stack of Tires. The description is old stack of tires in the middle of nowhere. The picture is an old stack of tires in the middle of nowhere. Four of them, in fact. And then, <laughs> so this nomination was out of Saratoga in New South Wales, Australia, near me. And the supporting photo is a beautiful open pasture with no stack of tires in it all. Um, essentially what I did with this one was I logged on, this came up, I rejected it. And I said, no more reviews for today. Thank you very much. I'm done. <laughs> and when you put that, I do not blame you at all. Yeah. Chris, couldn't you just feel it coming through the words? I just, yeah. felt <laughs> absolutely. Because we've all been there. We've yeah. all logged in and gotten the first thing that was just absolutely awful. And you're like, no, I'm off no way. This is what you got for me today. I don't want it. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> yep. So would I see um I I I've become um I've kind of fallen in love with the cult with the culture and the scenery of Australia. You know, Lachlan was a co-host for a year and you know, I learned more about Australia in the last year than I'd ever known in my entire life and I'm damn near 50 years old just from having an Australian to talk to and to understand kind of the the things behind the scenes. You just think of Australia and everybody makes jokes about it being upside down, but it's a beautiful country with gracious people. And we've had several Australians on the show before. So whenever I get a chance to feature something from Australia, I do. So keep putting in the good things and keep putting in the coal because um, it's a place that is very underrepresented when it comes to Niantic games. And you guys are kind of the unpaid beta testers. And that kind of makes my blood boil. And we kind of talked about that a little bit in the break. So anything that you put in there that's interesting, we're probably going to feature it on the show. And that goes to our other Australian friends as well, because I think it's a beautiful country that needs to be showcased a little more, especially the really good POIs. There's some beautiful murals in the Brisbane area that I've been able to see. My bonus location was Australia for a year, Wood. I don't know if you knew that, but yes. I review a lot. So I've seen a lot of the things from the area. Jamal and Chris, you too. You've got to come down here and say good day one day. See it for yourself. Yes, absolutely. Well, I told everybody on the show back in the 40s or maybe it was the 30s that I wanted to come to Brisbane and swim in the Brisbane River. And I've never had so many people say, no, don't do that. It's polluted. There's sharks. Like, And and I was kind of <laughs> joking, but then I did some research and I'm like, ooh, I don't want to swim in there. No, there <laughs> are plenty of nice watering holes inland. You can swim your heart out there. Yeah. If there is ever a safari zone or something in Australia, I am going to do my absolute darndest to, to be there and drag Chris along with me 
and um, just enjoy the beautiful countryside that is Australia. So uh, speaking of Australia, we're going to close the show out here in a minute and get everybody back on their Sunday. But Wood, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about OSM one last time, share the Discord. Um, you're going to send us the link. We're going to put it in the show notes. So if you're looking on Spotify, um, it's going to be the first link up there. And I believe Chris, if he doesn't have something on the screen right now with the link on there for the YouTube, it'll be up there probably when I'm done talking and you're done talking. But what if there's anything that you want to plug, whether it's your Discord or whatever, your Twitter head or whatever, I want to go ahead and give you a chance to plug that. Yeah, sure. So two Discords. First of all, OSM World. Um, get on there if you want any advice. There's a lot of people who are even smarter than I am that can help you out with anything you need to do. Um, if you want to join the SILF research group, whatever form we take in the future as things move on, um, I'll provide a link for that as well. Aside from that, if you have any questions for me about how OpenStreetMap and Wayfarer and Pokemon Go relate to each other, feel free to hit me up on Twitter, WoodWoesWolf, um, or find me on Discord. I'll be in the SILF Science Discord. So yeah, please feel free to reach out at any time with any questions you might have. Fantastic. Thank you for that. And thank you for coming on the show. Um, thank you very much. For you having did me. awesome on episode 10 and even better now. And maybe we'll just have you on every 50 or 60 episodes because things evolve Sounds and change. Good. Or if there's something that um, comes up and we need to discuss it, we'll just have you on because again, like you said, it's two chambers of the same heart. So thank you for that. All right. So everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of Waste Spotters. And as you know, we can't have an episode of Waste Spotters without our executive producer, Kate the Cons. Kate, you rock. Continue to send me messages at 3 a.m. I love it. And continue to motivate Chris to get out there and get to level 10. And Ingress, I'm calling you out, Chris. You got to yeah. get out there and do it. Yep. <clears throat> and as well to all the other Patreons, we love you guys. We really couldn't do the show without the Patreons. We really appreciate you. Um, probably don't say it enough. Um, we try to get you guys behind the scenes and stuff new in the Discord, so we really do appreciate you guys. And continue to give us feedback. Let us know what we're doing well. Tell us when we're tripping over our shoelaces. We appreciate our patrons and we love you guys. So thank you. Like I said, thank you for listening to this episode of Waste Spotters. If you enjoy what you hear, there's a couple of ways that you can show us. So the first one is you can follow us on our Twitter, at Waste Spotters. We are incredibly responsive. We neither one of us sleep. Chris works weird hours. So if you send something out to us, we're probably going to respond to it very, very soon. Um, if not right away, um, you can also follow us on our Instagram. We are at waste podcast. Instagram gets probably the least amount of love from us. I need to get better at posting stuff on Instagram, but we do have a presence there and where we do get a lot of love is on our TikTok at I make waste spots. Uh, you guys are blowing up our TikTok. Thank you. We love it. We've got some TikTok videos on there. Now over 3,000 views. Like, wow. Like, thank you yeah. guys. You guys are really, really killing us. So killing it. So um, we really appreciate that. Second, what we'd love you guys to do is visit our website, www.wayspotters.com. From there, you can get links to everywhere you can download the show. You can also send us a message directly from the from the website or you can be old school and you can send us an email, wayspotters at pokemonprofessor.com. And again, we're very responsive. We will get back to you. Um, we love it. We really appreciate you guys. Now, like I alluded to, and some of you may be watching this video right now on YouTube, but if you're listening to the audio podcast, come on over to youtube.com slash podcast and enjoy the fun and see all the graphics that we put up on the YouTube page, and we would really appreciate it. And third, for our U.S. listeners or anyone who wants to call a U.S. phone number, you can leave us a voicemail on our hotline, 704-426-3710. You never know, your voicemail may appear on an upcoming episode of the show, or you can tweet us a message directly from Twitter. And finally, if you are not a member of the Pokemon Professor Network, you can join for as little as $1 U.S. a month, which is $1.33 Canadian. What's $1 U.S. in Australian? Wood. 
I think it's about a dollar fifty at the moment. I don't know. Our currency's all over the place at the moment. Okay. All right. So a dollar US nailed it. It's a buck. Did he 50. nail it? Nice. Yeah. I just googled a it. dollar. A dollar US. A dollar thirty three Canadian and a dollar fifty Australian. One dollar fifty. Yeah. So just go to patreon.com uh, slash Pokemon Professor. And for joining, you will have access to the Discord for all the family of shows across the Pokemon Professor Network, including Wastebotter Special Conditions, Gotta Watch Them All, Purified Podcasts, and Lured Up. It's a fantastic place filled with fantastic people. And we really try to get our patrons everything first and early. And a lot of the topics that we talk about on, on the show come from the patrons. So we really appreciate you guys. So with that, we look forward to you listening to us again. And we want to thank you for listening to Wastebotters. And Wood, thank you so much for coming on and educating us. We really appreciate it. And remember, there's only one way to stop a fire. Pause my mixtape.